VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. We do thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today, coming your way from VCY America. Ladies and gentlemen, founding father and former president John Adams said this, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Our founders not only recognized the importance of being a moral and religious people, but also recognized the importance or the safeguarding of religious liberty in our land. Constantly, we are finding our religious liberty is under attack. I mean, it's happening in our nation's schools, all levels, colleges, universities. It's, it's happening in local, state, and federal government. It's happening from the executive branch. It's, it's even entrenched in some facets of our judicial system as well. Matthias Burnett, he was a pastor of the First Baptist Church in Norwalk, preached an election sermon at Hartford on the days of the anniversary election, May 12, 1803. And in that sermon, he said this, Watch over your liberties and privileges, civil and religious, with a careful eye. The very first line of the First Amendment to our Constitution reads, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Well, a staunch advocate and defender of religious liberty is with us today on the program who's been watching over our liberties with a careful eye. He's here to discuss the state of religious liberty. Joining us, we welcome back Constitutional Attorney Matt Staver, a founder and chairman of Liberty Council, three landmark cases before the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, He's an author, the host of the radio broadcast Faith and Freedom and Freedom's Call. Matt, thanks for joining us here on Crosstalk. Thank you, Jim. It's always a pleasure to be with you, and Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, Matt, uh, we're going to be taking a look at the state of religious liberty. We're going to hear a State of the Nation address eventually from the president, but the state of religious liberty, uh, did this have setbacks in this past year? Did it move forward? Uh, the year we just closed out, and, and we're going to take a look ahead. What's in store for 2023, as well as the greatest threats toward religious liberty? We'll look at what's happening in our Congress right now as well, but Matt, let's first take a look back i i know you've had a you had a tremendous 9-0 landmark decision before the court this past year but as you give an overview of 2022 as it pertains to religious liberty how would you declare the state of religious liberty as to the year we just came through well i would say jim that as it relates to our wins in the court particularly at the u.s supreme court but a number of courts all the way down to the lower levels We've had significant success on religious freedom. In fact, on religious freedom and free speech issues, 2022 is probably one of the most significant years in our lifetime, particularly at the U.S. Supreme Court. From our case, the 9-0 win with regards to free speech in the context of freedom of religious speech, May the 2nd, where we got a 9-0 decision on the Christian flag case out of Boston, the Shirtliff case versus City of Boston, all the way down to the last one, which would be the Coach Kennedy case, praying on the football field after the games, and also vouchers or the support uh, in Maine with regards to schools that were discriminating against religious schools. Across the board, we had significant wins. Our win was five, uh, nine to zero, which is very significant. Mm-hmm. It ultimately set the foundation too, not only for a major free speech win which is what was in that case from a religious viewpoint, but also a religious freedom win, and specifically overturned this 51-year-old terrible precedent called Lemon versus Kurtzman, the Lemon Test. That had been used to censor the Christian flag in Boston. You could fly the flag as long as you didn't think it was Christian, but if you thought it was Christian, then it was impermissible. The same flag wasn't the problem. It was your viewpoint on the problem, on the flag. You could kneel on the field in the Coach Kennedy case if you had secular thoughts, but if you had religious thoughts, they used the lemon test to censor. And then you had nativity scenes and in God We Trust and One Nation Under God and symbols and words and speech, all those kinds of things. Continually censored for 51 years using that lemon test. That's gone. So huge, huge victories. Also, we had huge victories with regards to the vaccine mandates that came out of the Biden administration. 
We have class action injunctions now uh, on behalf of the Navy, the Air Force, Space Force, the Marines. We have on behalf of some members of the U.S. Army moving towards class certification on that one. And finally, we're still working on the Coast Guard. So big uh, improvement there in the courts. Also in some other areas, uh, major religious freedom wins in our case involving a lawsuit against North Shore University Health System was the first class action case using the Title VII for religious freedom with respect to uh, people who were discriminated against that did not want to get the shot mandate. And now we have a $10.3 plus million settlement that's been approved. So lots of victories there, Jim. Mm -hmm. However, there's also been a lot of attacks on religious freedom and the fact that they even impose these mandates. Uh, and some courts went the other way on some of these things with regards to nurses and healthcare workers in Maine and New York. So those things are still in the litigation. Uh, some of the individuals, many of the people in the military, despite the fact that we got the class action injunctions, they're still being persecuted. Many of them were pushed out before the injunctions were you know, given out by the courts. They tried to push them out ahead of time. So there is an incredible assault attempt against religious freedom, particularly by this Biden administration. In the courts, by and large, we've had significant victories, uh, but the assaults continue to come. And finally, let me just say this. I would say that we're seeing some major assaults on religious freedom with regards to the intersection of LGBTQ and religious freedom. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's going to increase in 2023, and we can talk about that. So, uh, Matt, also, I believe, and I, I didn't recall catching this from you when you were talking, you've also had victory on the counseling bans for minors. Is that correct? That's right. We got the very first uh, Court of Appeals victory regarding counseling bans. This came out of uh, Boca Raton, Florida, and Palm Beach County, Florida, and South Florida. We also got one in Tampa, Florida, as well. But the one in the uh, South Florida, we have a Court of Appeals decision on that. It's the first one in the country to strike down these bans as a violation of free speech. Uh, these primarily restricted Christian counselors from giving life-saving counsel to families, particularly their minor children, who want to get this kind of counseling to overcome unwanted same-sex attractions, behavior, or gender confusion. They were told counselors were that you could not give this life-saving counsel for several years, five years basically down in South Florida. Uh, our clients, licensed mental health professional counselors, were unable to give life-saving counsel because they would have been targeted with license revocation and fines or penalties because of giving life-saving counsel. Mm -hmm. But Jim, even though we won that case, and it's a significant one, we were we were hoping, frankly, that the defendants, the government, would take these cases up to the U.S. Supreme Court, where we would then strike them down across the country. But they saw the handwriting on the wall, and they got cold feet, and they decided not to petition the U.S. Supreme Court. If they had, we would be at the Supreme Court later this year, and we would be able to strike these down across the country. I have no question about that. But right now, when you count the states, about half of the states... And when you add in the cities and counties, that's about 80 total cities and counties and states that have these bans across the country. And we need to strike them down everywhere because there's a lot of people, counselors and clients, that want to provide counsel, that have the expertise, and clients who desperately need it that are unable to get it because of these counseling bans. Matt, one other victory, maybe not falling under the guise of religious liberty, but in a sense it is, and that was the overturn of Roe v. Wade as well. Oh, that's huge, yes. Uh, that is the biggest thing that could happen uh, in any year, but certainly June 24 was a significant day. That is the day that uh, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. And amazingly, you know, we've been working on that since the inception, since before the founding of Liberty Council when we founded it in 1989. And that's one of the primary reasons why we founded it, to overturn Roe v. Wade and, and defend human life. But our, our brief, there were about 200 amicus briefs that were filed from both sides of the perspective. So only a, a few were cited in the Supreme Court decision. And, and one of those was our brief 
so we indeed have our brief cited in this historic case. And it was on behalf of African Americans and Hispanics to show that the racist eugenic history and uh, reason for abortion goes all the way back to its inception uh, with Planned Parenthood's founder, Margaret Sanger. Yeah. Matt Staver is with us here today, and friends, often we talk about the issues, the problems, the challenges that are going on, and and first in review, yes, there are challenges, but but praise the Lord for a number of victories that have happened in the year 2022, some very significant things that have happened through the legal system, and and uh, when you have, as we mentioned, uh, groups uh, such as Liberty Council, they're a staunch advocate and defender of religious liberty, uh, hard at work in this regards. There have been some tremendous causes for rejoicing over this year of 2022. And Matt, we know that that these attacks, and we'll talk about 2023, but uh, we we see some of these things coming up over and over and over again. For instance, you you won cases pertaining to good news clubs with child evangelism fellowship in schools, and yet we'll see schools that will say, no, you're not going to have a club, and and it has to be like relitigated until somebody recognizes, oh no, the Supreme Court's already ruled on this. We need to let, you know, let let them have the good news club. Uh, Some of these things just happen over and the the enemy of religious liberty does not relent. No, never sleeps. And if you look at uh, the June um, decision going back to 2001, that was, you know, the year of 9-11, or 2001, is when the Supreme Court decided this case called the Good News Club case. Mm -hmm. And it was very clear that you cannot discriminate on the basis of Christian viewpoints in these after-school programs. Good news clubs were allowed to be on campus, and it's unconstitutional to stop them. Notwithstanding, we have continued to litigate that. We've mostly been able to resolve in recent years many of these just by demand letters. Uh, But I can tell you right now, we are on the verge of filing another, this will be in the state of Connecticut, uh, a good news club case just within the next uh, several days or uh, within the next couple weeks, certainly within that time frame. uh, We're working on filing one there because the school wants to ban these good news clubs, but yet they want to allow every other club on campus. So despite the fact that we have these great victories, like in the good news club, we still litigate them, and it's 2023 now. Yeah, yeah. And despite the fact that we had these huge, huge advances in 2022, I mean, it's a historic year for life, religious freedom, and for freedom of speech. Even though we have that historic win, we still have to continue to fight and make sure that we uh, maintain that uh, ground. Otherwise, we'll lose it. And indeed, this is due in large part to a a number of constitutionalists who have been added to the court system. That's right. Uh, We have three constitutional, you have three new uh, justices that made a huge difference. You know, you have Gorsuch and you have Kavanaugh and you have Barrett. Uh, Those three made a huge difference. And uh, they joined people like Alito and and Thomas, and then it depends upon the situation which way the Chief Justice will ultimately vote. But uh, they, you know, Thomas and Alito have been strong advocates of religious freedom. And now when we added the other three, and particularly uh, after uh, Barrett replaced uh, Ginsburg, that tipped the balance. And it tipped it in a good way in favor of religious freedom. We're going to take a quick break. We've taken a look back at 2022 as it relates to religious liberty. What is lying ahead here in this new year now of 2023? And also we'll be taking a look at the new Congress as well and getting Matt's perspective on it. Back in one minute, you're listening to Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, geologist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, was ancient man primitive? Chris, in no sense was ancient man primitive. Man was created in the image of God with a large brain and great intellect, able at the very least to communicate with God in the Garden of Eden. Even in the early chapters of Genesis, man had agriculture, had metal workings, and he made musical instruments. Those civilizations of man that sprung up right after the flood were likewise quite intelligent. Think about it. Even the pyramids speak of an intelligent engineering ability of high quality, an ability which may have been lost up until recent times. There is no scientific evidence that man rose up from the animals. This is an evolutionary story which doesn't fit the facts. Mankind created intelligent at the start. Now that fits the facts, and that's the Back to Genesis truth. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. 
the state of religious liberty. Matt Staver is with us today, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Their website, lc.org, lc.org. Friends, I hope you're plugged in to Liberty Council and uh, keeping abreast of the issues that they're involved in, that you're praying for them. Uh, if uh, God enables you to support uh, this organization as well, uh, they are fighting, they're advocating for your religious freedom. We've seen many, many attacks that are coming on many different fronts, on all different levels. And uh, as Matt said, the enemy does not sleep. It is constantly there to take away, to strip from you your First Amendment protections, your religious liberty, freedom of speech, and so forth. And uh, Liberty Council certainly has been a watchdog to uh, sound the alarm and to advocate on your behalf. Matt, uh, we've looked back at 2022, but uh, you mentioned there's threats coming ahead in this year of 2023. Some of those which you know now, we know that there will be other things unknown at this point that will hit us in this year of 2023, but give us your perspective, if you would. Well, for example, a judge just recently issued a ruling uh, within the last uh, little bit uh, regarding a Catholic hospital saying that you need to perform these so-called uh, surgeries uh, to mutilate healthy body parts. Uh, and if you don't, that it's a violation of the old Obamacare law. Uh, that just came out. Now, that goes contrary to two other courts of appeal. Uh, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal, uh, that is in the Texas, Louisiana area, and then the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeal, that's more in the Midwest. So we don't know which way the Court of Appeal will ultimately rule on that issue. But, I mean, that's just a no-brainer with regards to you do not have the authority, or it should be a no-brainer, to force a religious hospital to violate its sincere religious beliefs, to force this hospital to engage in abortion or to engage in these uh, you know, amputating healthy body parts uh, for somebody who wants to have that happen to them. So that is still ongoing. We have obviously a, a big case pending before the U.S. Supreme Court with regards to artists, uh, where the artist was told you, you have to create a website for uh, same-sex weddings. If you're going to create a website for weddings of, between a man and a woman, that's pending before the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm hoping we're going to get a good decision out of that one later this year. But I think one of the big areas that we're starting to see this in is in the area of accreditation. Right now, for example, uh, the American Bar Association and other accrediting uh, entities, uh, they are pushing forward to, in fact, the ABA just last year added to its standards, which it uses for schools for accreditation, uh, that you had to include a non-discrimination provision on the basis of transgender. They've, they've had sexual orientation in the past. So some of these schools have indicated, well, they don't discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation, you know, basically what you're feeling or thinking, but they would based upon behavior. So if you had sex outside of marriage or if you engaged in activities that are same-sex activities, then that would ultimately uh, be something that the school would address based upon its sincere religious beliefs. But that changed last year. And so now there's different schools that are being uh, watched by the ABA and pressured by the ABA to change. So those things are going to be very much in the forefront with accreditation. If you lose your accreditation, for example, as a law school, then your graduates cannot take the bar exam. They mm -hmm. can get a JD degree but they can't be licensed because they can't take the exam in virtually any state. So they can't obtain a lawyer's license or you know, the ability to practice law. So that is a big issue with regards to accreditation. Under this administration, what you're going to be seeing is more pressure on these accrediting bodies to force these religious-affiliated schools to violate their sincere religious beliefs based upon LGBTQ mm -hmm. issues. That's a big issue. You're also seeing in the schools, for example, a real indoctrination and a grooming with respect to the drag queen story hour, also the grooming, the pronouns. You're seeing a lot of these kinds of challenges, particularly with teachers being told you have to lie, essentially. That's what they have to do by referring to somebody based on a pronoun that doesn't fit their gender. 
doesn't fit their biological sex. So a lot of those things are, are going to be percolating as well. So Matt, as this, as we really as a nation delve into greater and greater immorality, as we see defined in Romans chapter 1, it's that which promotes the LGBTQ plus agenda. This is perhaps really the hub of so much attack on religious liberty. Yeah, it really is the hub, because when you're in the LGBTQ agenda, it's a zero-sum game. What I mean by that is uh, people who think that you can compromise and live happily ever after and sit around a campfire and sing kumbaya, even though you have different uh, viewpoints on life, uh, they're very much mistaken. This is a zero-sum game. There is a winner and there is a loser. There is no compromise, and that no compromise comes from the LGBTQ advocates. And the reason that religion, particularly Christianity, is targeted is because it doesn't affirm. It's not going to be a cheerleader for this agenda, whether it's, uh, you know, boys in girls' sports. That's a big issue that is happening all over the country. There's a number of states that are getting involved, but there's lots of legal challenges as well that's taking place. And so you always have that bastion of the church that has been the historic bedrock of morality in general. Obviously, there's defections within people that are supposed to be leaders in the church, and obviously with denominations. But in general, the church has been the bastion against communism, against repressive regimes, uh, in favor of morality, morality in life. And that's why it's such targeted uh, right now, because it is the impediment that ultimately uh, does not allow that other immoral agenda, whatever it may be, to triumph and have the day. With us today, Matt Staver from Liberty Council, lc.org is their website. Uh, Matt, after 15 votes, we have a new Speaker of the House. Uh, Give us your perspective as to what you're expecting from the new Congress. Uh, We have a new a GOP-controlled House at this point by a very slim margin, uh, not too much change in the U.S. Senate. Uh, do you have any level of optimism, or are you concerned about what's ahead here, legislatively speaking? No, I do have a lot of level of optimism. Uh, we have an office in Washington, D.C. We have a senior litigate, or senior governmental uh, uh, council of governmental affairs who's very well-versed and other people on our Capitol Hill uh, staff that monitor this work with members of the legislature every day. And so we have a lot of optimism. Even though, you know, we had all the debate and the media was really, you know, downplaying all the debate or trying to make more of it, it was really a healthy debate. And it's making the U.S. House uh, much, much better. And we've already seen that this week. So, for example, one of the first orders of business is they adopted new rules. What you're going to see is something that I think that you're going to like as this year uh, progresses. For example, one of the new rules is this, with the omnibus. You know, the omnibus, every year, we, we get to the end of the year. It's in Christmas time, and they've never passed the budget. And then last year, they had this $1.7 trillion budget. Well, they want to pass defense spending, but, you know, a lot of these other agencies, they have all kinds of bloat in them as well. And so what you do is you just have a single vote. You pass the whole thing, and it's got all kinds of unnecessary spending in it, and it's irresponsible. It's reckless. Well, the new rule is going to require that you can't just vote on that whole bill all at once. You've got to bite. You got to eat the elephant one bite at a time. You're going to have to parcel up the different departments, the different agencies, and vote on them. You're also going to have to require these people to read the bill. You've got a requirement that's a 72-hour requirement. Uh, once the bill is put out, you can't vote on it for 72 hours. You've got to have a reading time, unlike what the Democrats do, where they want to throw a huge $1.7 trillion bill together at the last uh, couple of days of the, of the session and then have you vote on it without even being able to read this thousands and thousands of pages. Yeah, let's pass it, and then we'll find out what's in it. That's right. We also have more seats that, uh, as a result of the negotiation, we have more seats for very conservative members of what's called the Freedom Caucus. They've already, some of those have already been seated, and particularly they're on the Powerful Rules Committee, House Rules Committee, which sets the agenda and also the rules. You also have uh, an agreement as part of what happened last week to have lower spending so that any deal will be for spending will be capped at levels at least from two years ago, uh, which means uh, cuts for most programs. 
You also have an agreement that they will investigate the investigators, such as the FBI and the DOJ and others that have been abusing their power. So there's a lot of other kinds of rules. You also have one where uh, they just passed a bill. I mean, there's lots of rules we can go into that are going to really make things much, much better uh, this uh, next two years. But in addition to that, um, if you have a speaker, for example, that that wants to compromise too much and, and, and is not going to be real conservative, well, they can vote to replace that speaker. So I think we're going to have a, a lot of fireworks when we come to the end of the year for the budget. It, it's not going to be this last-minute $1.7 trillion. There's a new day in town. Already this uh, year, just yesterday, the very first vote was to defund the 87,000 IRS agents that was passed as part of the Democrats' agenda last year. And uh, so it passes the House, it's going to go to the Senate, likely die there. Chuck Schumer doesn't want that to happen. Well, that's going to be the big battle is over on the Senate. Mm-hmm. The, the good thing is we're going to have good legislation that comes from the House and it's going to be over on the Senate. Yep. Last year and the year before, we had bad legislation that came over from the House, and we were able to block a lot of that in the mm-hmm, Senate. Mm-hmm. But the Democrats kept pushing, 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 and they got a few of those things through. Yeah. They got some of their big spending bills through. Uh, they also got that same-sex marriage bill through because they kept pushing, pushing, pushing. I think the good news is we're not going to have the bad legislation coming from the House. We're going to yeah. have good legislation coming from the House, and we're going to be able to get some of that passed over on the Senate. A bill that's actually coming up for a vote tomorrow is the Born Alive uh, bill that will protect children born alive after they have been born either for an attempted abortion and they're still alive. They're going to have to provide them medical care. I believe we will get that passed in the House. That will go over to the Senate. And that's going to be really hard for people in the Senate to say they're going to vote against an infanticide bill. But that's the battle that we're going to face in the Senate side. I would rather uh, face the battle to try to get good legislation passed in the Senate Mm -hmm. than what we've had in the past, and that is trying to get bad legislation defeated in the Senate. Right, right. And uh, and that's been a, a huge, huge challenge. Uh, Matt Shaver with us today from Liberty Council and uh, taking a look at the state of religious liberty. And Matt, we so often look at, okay, this is what's happening within the borders of our nation, but there is something else that's going on that really will impact religious liberty and and individual liberty as well, even our sovereignty, by what's happening on an international level this very week in Geneva, Switzerland. Yes, that's right. In Geneva, Switzerland, the uh, the WHO, the Internet, you know, the World Health Organization, is actually meeting, and uh, what's happening there is very concerning. Last year, for those listeners that were following, there was these international health regulations of the WHO, the World Health Organization, and the Biden administration was pushing to get those passed last year. And it looked like it was going to be passed. And what this would do is strengthen the WHO's position, give them more authority to uh, have authority over the individual nation states. Uh, Fortunately, at the very last, we were able to get that defeated. But they're still pushing forward to this. And what they're trying to do now is to try to prepare for this upcoming summer meeting where they want to have a new pandemic treaty, and that pandemic treaty would give the WHO authority globally. We can talk about some of the specifics, but it is very, very concerning. Friends, we'll have uh, just a little bit more info after the break. This is Crosstalk. VCY invites you to obtain an audio recording of the Gospel according to John as narrated by Brad Canterbury. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John's Gospel, presenting the words of Jesus, the way of salvation. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever... You can share this as a gift or for listening over and over on your daily commute. VCY America is making available this narrated Gospel of John on two CDs for a donation of $12. Call during business hours, 1-800-729-9829. That's 800-729-9829. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God 
and that believing ye might have life through his name. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America, the state of religious liberty, our topic uh, here, and uh, Matt Staver, our guest. Matt, for those who are newer listeners, never heard of Liberty Council before, give us a brief overview of who you are, what you do. Well, Liberty Council, we founded it in 1989 to advance religious freedom, the sanctity of human life, and the family. God's designed for marriage and family, and we do that in the courts primarily, but also through the halls of public policy. Uh, our website is lc.org, lc.org. Uh, you can contact us free of charge. We don't charge anyone for our representation. We've been leading the country against the mandates on churches and places of worship and the vaccine, the so-called uh, COVID shot mandates uh, with regards to employees, military, students, even those that are wanting to get organ transplants and so many other things, sanctity of human life. We represent Sandra Merritt, who uncovered uh, Planned Parenthood's organ uh, you know, procurement uh, program. So much uh, that we do across the country, lc.org. Okay, friends, check it out. Matt, we were talking about the World Health Organization that is presently meeting this very week with some amendments to the international health regulations that are going, well, it's actually going to go before all the nations to be voting on this. We know that this is something that had been uh, pushed, uh, advocated for by President Joe Biden, who is wanting to really surrender our sovereignty as a nation to uh, this to this World Health Organization to call the shots on various things, but wow, what a threat to human rights, what a threat to uh, individual liberty and freedom, and uh, that really impacts religious liberty as well. It does. Uh, They have an upcoming meeting May 23, which is their World Health Assembly, where they're going to vote on this new pandemic treaty, but they're having meetings right now. They've got a 46-page proposed series of amendments. I'll just tick off a few of these. It would change the WHO from an advisory organization that makes recommendations to a governing body whose proclamations would be legally binding. They want to remove current language that says respect for dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. They want to strike that. They want to give the director general of the WHO control over the means of production through an allocation plan for health products. So that individual would have the world authority over production. They also uh, want to impose vaccine mandates, testing mandates, proof of various kinds of uh, not only vaccines for COVID, but all kinds of medications that you have. They want to institute a global digital health passport and so much more. They also want to create this, listen to this, create an obligation for the nations to build and provide and maintain international health regulation infrastructure at points of entry. In other words, where people come into our country, whether it's Miami or New York or California, where they're coming in, they want, say, the United States of America to build an infrastructure for the WHO so that they can be there to monitor people that come into our country, and that's for all the other countries under their authority. It's unbelievable the power grab that they're wanting to push on the world, and the Biden administration is trying to help push this agenda. So, friends, keep in mind that this World Health Assembly coming up not too many months down the road from now but Matt, in essence, what they're doing, they're they're laying the framework right now for for putting together the nuts and bolts in order to present this at the upcoming forum, the conference. Absolutely, yeah. They've been they they had some meetings last year, uh, and now they're uh, really gearing up with meetings this year, this this week, and, and next week, and this month, and they'll have them up until May when they ultimately have their their major world assembly meeting. But the whole point is to garner enough support. They already have this administration behind it. Garner enough support to pass. And frankly, it was very close to passing last year with a different version. This one's even worse. So this is a real serious issue. It is an issue, and it is something that, according to our Constitution, Matt, ought to trigger a two-thirds vote by our U.S. Senate to ratify something like this. But sadly, they, they give some other name to it than, than a treaty, and, and they'll make, call it a deal or a pact or something of that nature to try and subvert the constitutional plan for a two-thirds uh, vote by our U.S. Senate. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, you would think, well, this would be a, they call it a pandemic treaty, but if you go back and you look at what happened before under previous presidents, they tried to get around the Senate confirmation of a treaty that is required by the Constitution by calling it something other than a treaty. And that's, uh, you know, even one of the Bushes did that as well. So this has been done by Republicans and Democrats to violate the Constitution, and this is clearly where Biden administration is headed to try to get around uh, this Senate vote so that the, this can actually be done just uh, on the executive side rather than the legislative side. So we have to challenge that, we have to watch it, but we have to really make sure that this is uh, pushed back. And now with this new House, uh, we need to press forward with bills and legislation and investigations, and I think we have the opportunity to be able to do so. Matt, one further question before, and friends, if you'd like to get on board with Matt Staber right now, our telephone number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. 1-800-733-9829. How can can the people of, of the United States of America best safeguard their religious liberty? Well, first of all, I think you have to understand the importance of it. Secondly, the threats to it. And finally, you need to not be silent when you see threats to our religious freedom. Don't assume that somebody else is going to speak up for you. You need to speak up, and collectively our voices make a huge difference. Contact Liberty Council, lc.org is our website, or our phone number is 407 875 1776, and we can provide you information and help in your situation. Matt, I'd also like to get an update from you here as it pertains to the COVID shot mandate for our military. You talked about class action suits, uh, you know, dealing with this issue. We also know that the the defense budget that was just signed took away the mandate. Does Does that nullify cases that you're involved in at this point? So I'd like you to address that as well as the National Guard situation. No, it doesn't nullify it. Uh, here's the situation. Obviously, you know, we've been working uh, on the legislative level as well as the judicial level to stop this mandate. And right now, as a result of the National Defense Authorization Act that's been signed, the mandate has to be repealed. None of the people that we work with, either as plaintiffs or in our class uh, of individuals in the military, have received any contact from any military about any change. We do have a document saying that they're going to uh, repeal it. However, it also says that they very much support it and that they're going to look for other ways to you know, a- a- address this issue. So they may well try to come back with it. Uh, they're trying to say that our case should go away. But they haven't stopped the punishment. So while on the one hand it's good news that they won't be able to push a future uh, kind of um, mandate that's with this current COVID-19, they might have some other one that they come up with or variant down the road, uh, the fact is is that the punishment is still there. So we are moving forward with our class action litigation to make sure that the mandate is permanently stopped because they still support it, they still want to impose it, and they have not switched or changed anything with regards to the punishment. In fact, they say that the notes, uh, the adverse actions against them for filing religious exemptions will remain in their personnel files, which means uh, their careers are done if we don't get that changed. Yes, and they're not reinstating those who have already been dismissed. That's right. And in fact, there's a lot of them that's already been dismissed, particularly those that were on the zero to six years. They didn't have the effort. They didn't have the benefit of the Board of Inquiry. Many of those have been pushed out. Others have gotten so terribly abused that they uh, left. Others have been demoted. And once they're demoted and, for example, pilots not flying, you know, you're already behind the eight ball. People have passed you up. And in the military, it's an up or out idea. If you don't move up, you have to move out. And that is a detrimental killer to their careers. With regards to the Coast Guard, that's the only one that doesn't have, well, Army doesn't have a class action uh, uh, injunction yet. Army does have an injunction on behalf of some. The next phase is to extend it to the class. But the Coast Guard, we're still working on that. So that one still is under litigation. And hopefully we'll have some resolution on that in the near future. Matt Staver, our guest today, our phone number to Crosstalk. I have a couple open lines, 800-733-9829. That's 800 800- 
733-9829. Talking about religious liberty today, he's also introduced us to what's happening at the World Health Organization right now with these meetings that are taking place, and then also what's uh, looking ahead here for religious liberty here in this year to come, 2023. Let's go to Melanie calling from Pell Lake, Wisconsin. Melanie, you're on the air. Yes, hello. Uh, thank you so much, uh, both of you, for your service. Matt, I've been following you for uh, a long time and supporting you 100%. I wanted to know how I could possibly get you on my Facebook page to get more people aware of you. Well, contact our office, and uh, you can ask uh, Jessica or Holly, uh, 407-875-1776, or send an email to liberty at lc.org, liberty at lc.org. We'll be happy to do what we can. Okay, great. Um, I just wanted to really thank you for all that uh, you're doing because I found out so much that I, I think the general, a lot of people just aren't aware of what is really going on, and this is why I want to get it out. And you're the guy that's got all these issues that you're covering. I just want to thank you so much for your service, and I'll try to share you with as many people as I can. I also wanted to ask you with this whole thing uh, right now with the World Health Organization, is our best bet to get information by, I do all the faxing to the White House, is that our best, besides prayer? I think it's the best thing, uh, faxing, uh, petitions. Uh, also, uh, let your member of the House and Senate uh, know as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you say, well, if you have a, a person who's just not going to listen to you, that's fine. Then faxing and mm-hmm. petitions, uh, the way we do it, you can. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be stuck with the person that's never going to listen to you. There's other people, other individuals that we fax or into or petition, and certainly we meet with. But from okay. your perspective, faxing and signing petitions. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we can go ahead and put them into the right uh, source. Great. Thank you for the call. Awesome. Here today. Thank you. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. And Matt, Liberty Council does have a Facebook feed, and so people can friend that and share your post. Is that correct through their right. sites? Exactly. Yes, we do have. A, Liberty Council does have a Facebook feed. Liberty Council Action as well. So you can find us on on Facebook, and you can share those posts as well. Our number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. Leroy in Atlanta, Georgia, you're on the air. Hey, Jim, Matt, welcome to 2023. How y'all love it so far? Very good so far. Thank you. So so here it is, Matt. Um, As it relates to Roe versus Wade, it took 50 years to get it overturned. And I heard you interview on uh, Crosstalk, but I wasn't able to call in that day when you were talking about uh, what they just did with marriage and used interracial marriage as a beard to cover codifying that which God calls unseemly. Do you think it'll take another 50 years to get that overturned? Because I thought you mentioned something to the effect that marriage is not covered in the Constitution. Well, I yeah, as it relates to getting overturned the 2015 Obergefell decision that was a terrible 5-4 decision that said that there's a so-called constitutional right to same-sex marriage. I think we will get that overturned. It's not going to take as long as Roe v. Wade. And I think, frankly, even the bill that was passed last year in December with regards to requiring one state to recognize another state's same-sex marriage, I think that is a vehicle that we can use and a basis that we can use to overturn the 2015 decision. Ned, I'm going We're to have working you ex- on a case right now. To tell you what, let me have you explain that after the break, uh, and uh, because that really bears a question: how to use that co- that uh, congressional decision? They're they're signing into law Disres- disrespect for marriage act to overturn Obergefell. So more to come. Stay with us. This is Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. In 2006, Ben Gavir was stopped by police trying to do what? Make an animal sacrifice over Passover on the Temple Mount. That was 2006. In 2017, Ben Gavir, as an attorney, represented returning to the Mount activist who also wanted to perform a Passover sacrifice on the Temple Mount. Well, guess what? Ben Gavir is now in charge of the police on the Temple Mount. Yes, he's in the Benjamin Netanyahu government. Folks, this is getting very interesting. And a group of people are now asking his permission to have an animal sacrifice this coming April on the Temple Mount. He's already tried doing it himself back in 2006. Represented a group in 2017. What do you think he'll say? 
It fits in with Bible prophecy. As the nation of Israel is said, according to the book of Daniel, we'll go back to animal sacrifice. Stay tuned. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Constitutional Attorney Matt Staver with us today. Our phone number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. That's 1-800-733-9829. We've let Leroy go. He's uh, called from Atlanta. And Matt, a very important question he asked about this so-called disrespect for, or the Respect for Marriage Act, we call it Disrespect for Marriage, that was passed by Congress. And you indicated that that act that was passed by Congress could somehow be used to overturn Obergefell. Can you explain that for us? Yeah, the reason is is because if you challenge Obergefell on the Constitution, it's easy because it has no constitutional basis any more than Roe v. Wade had for abortion. Uh, three of the justices that were on the 5-4 opinion in 2015 are gone, and they now have we have three other justices on the Supreme Court. So that majority opinion that we had in 2015 is now nowhere to be found, number one. Number two, if you challenge it straight on its face, there is no legal basis for a Burgerfell in the same-sex marriage decision, just like Roe. The hard part to overturn it would be, the justice is asking, well, what happens if we overturn it? What's going to happen to all those licenses? What's going to happen to property division and custody and all these other things because of these licenses, and now it's going to cause chaos? Well, now under this decision, essentially what you have, this uh, legislation that was passed last year, is you have those that have already obtained a license, grandfathered in, if you will. But going forward now, if you were overturning a Burgerfeld today, then tomorrow it's not going to affect the people that currently have licenses, but it now frees up the states to stop the same-sex marriage. So a majority of the states would go back, I believe, just like with regards to abortion, and they would go back to their pre-2015 laws. Remember we had, what, 30 states or so uh, that had constitutional marriage Mm -hmm. amendments. Uh, The vast majority of the states had laws uh, that had marriages one man and one woman, and the vast majority of them had actually constitutional amendments that they passed to say marriage is the union of a man and a woman. So I think uh, those would all come back into existence. They have not been removed from their state constitution. And Matt, that's a that's a cause uh, you know to give a warning to individuals because some legislatures will will be working to say, oh, this is archaic now, no longer applies. We need to remove this. People need to be resistant against removing those from their state constitutions Absolutely. or their state statutes. Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, once uh, Burgerfell is gone, those state constitutions, they haven't been repealed. They're still in existence. The mm-hmm. laws are still in existence. They haven't been repealed from the books. So all of it will come back into play. So I think, you know, we have a case right now, the Kim Davis case. Uh, that's a case that could likely go back to the U.S. Supreme Court and be the catalyst to overturn a Burgerfell. Mm-hmm. Kim Davis, as you remember, is the Rowan County, Kentucky clerk, the first person in the country to be arrested for refusing to issue a marriage license for same-sex marriage. And wouldn't that be something? The first yeah. person to be arrested for standing up for religious freedom now becomes the person who takes the case to the U.S. Supreme Court and strikes down a Burgerfell. Wow. Let's go to Paul in Iowa. Hi, Paul. Thanks for calling Crosstalk. You're on the air. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, there are at, at least 11 states that have a right of conscience clause in the state constitution. Uh, The conscience is mentioned directly in the New Testament some 32 times. Uh, Why is it that uh, I never hear of of, uh, a positive argument concerning the conscience, concerning same-sex marriage and uh, uh, those who don't want to provide services or um, uh, many other things as far as uh, 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 taking uh, the COVID shots or anything Mm -hmm. else? Uh, why is it that uh, we're not hearing about about the conscience of those who have declared that they do not want to do something they consider to be sinful or evil? Great, great question, Paul. Thank you, Matt. Well, uh, you actually, you know, in a lot of the legal arguments, you do hear that. Uh, so that argument is an argument that has and is being made in a lot of different ways. And in fact, there's actually even legislation that talks about conscience, and there's even state laws that talk about 
uh, opting out of vaccines. This is even before, long before COVID, for medical, religious freedom, or conscience reasons. So it'd be for any reason, whether it's religious-based or not. So, you know, a lot of times, whether it's if it's a religious freedom basis, then it's still based upon your conscience that is being motivated by your religious worldview and religious beliefs. But that is being done. So that's a good observation. But that, that argument is uh, clearly being made. Anything further, Paul? Uh, no, but I never hear about it. Okay, I never hear about it on. Well, the- you, you might not, you might not ever see it in the media because they don't ever report uh, a lot of things. But from the technical legal argument, it's not made in every one of these cases. But in many of the cases, that argument is being made. Great. So if you want to read the briefs, you're going to see that conscience coming up in there. Right. Great. That's but, right. Thank you, Paul. And uh, also, Matt, I just want to point out that there are efforts being made in states right now to actually remove the aspect of conscience from an exemption for things like uh, forced vaccinations. Yeah, that's right. And in fact, uh, California and New York and others, they they removed those. Um, Before COVID, uh, you had uh, New York remove it because uh, some Orthodox Jews had some chickenpox, I believe it was, or measles. Uh, it was a small group, but they removed it. Um, then after COVID, you, you had people, states uh, like California, want to remove some of their uh, religious uh, exemptions. So now they only have medical exemption. And they did that just to do away with people using the state law regarding COVID. Illinois did the same thing. Illinois had a complete religious as well as conscience statute, one of the best in the country. And uh, they voted to, because it could be used for covid uh, they voted to repeal that uh, uh, section last year. Matt Saber with us here today on Crosstalk and dealing with the issue of the state of religious liberty. And friends, I'm just uh, prompted here to, to remind you that through Crosstalk, we have a little booklet called Documents of Freedom that includes the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution of the United States, the Bill of Rights, Washington's Farewell Address. It's in a pocket-sized booklet. We make this available for $5 just to get it in your hand. That does include shipping. If you'd like to get a copy or multiple copies, you may call our switchboard. Ask for Documents of Freedom by calling 800-729-9829. Matt, thank you so much for your, your work at Liberty Council and what you've not only done in this past years and, and 2022 with that landmark victory, but also your advocacy here in the new year to come. Well, thank you, Jim. Good to be with you, as always. And, friends, our website, lc.org, lc.org. Sign up, get their e-alerts and and, uh, news releases as they come out, and stay abreast of these issues that are going on. And, friends, particularly stay abreast of what's happening with this uh, conference and committee meeting right now for the World Health Organization. Our time is gone. Thanks so much for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208, or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.